everyone. Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils. And you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go, Devils! Please allow me to adjust my pants so that I may dance the good time dance and put the onlookers and innocent bystanders into a trance. What's up, everybody? We are the Uncle Puckers. Welcome to the Uncle Pucker New Jersey Devil Podcast. Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony coming to you live during Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals down in Sunrise, which uh, right now, I believe, Florida is up still one nothing. Tone. No, it's 1-1. Oh, it's 1-1. Nice, nice. Going nice. first intermission. So, um, you know, how you guys doing? Good, man. Right. What's up, guys? Chris, I'm surprised you didn't play like Smoke on the Water or like uh, what's going on in the, what's going on over there. I, I see on the news like all the skies uh, are like. Ooh. Let me tell you, it, it. I mean, it was bad down by us yesterday. Yeah. The friggin' sky, but I mean, up in when I was at the Yankee game on Tuesday, it was it was actually. I mean, it was fucking scary. Like yeah. you're just looking up over the stadium, and it just looked like apocalyptic. It just it was really crazy, and then. Um, yeah, today was a little bit better. I think it right. blew mostly to your neck of the woods, Bob. I know yeah. PA was getting uh, a lot of it today. Today, yeah, it's but... better than yesterday, actually. We're in the clear now, and it's coming back a little bit overnight. But yeah, it's scary the way it's coming in, and we're supposed yeah. to get clear for the weekend and then get the back half of it. Yeah, so looking right. Yeah. Look how cool the sun looks. It's all red. And then I realized, hey, you're not supposed to be able to stare at the sun in the middle of the day. Yeah. That's how yeah. filtered it is. You can actually stare at the sun. Yep. It's like everything's like a, a sepia tone, you know? It's like, it just, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, but, uh. How was the baseball I forgot game? To, I didn't, the the I game, it lost, sucked. But, yeah. It was fucking terrible. Oh, uh, boy. You know, but, it, I mean, it, look, it, baseball is a, a tough game for me to get behind anyway, but first of all, the Yankees didn't get their first hit till the seventh inning. Oh. Wow. So, you know, that was brutal. Um, there was, I mean, defensively, it was a solid game. Pitching-wise, was a solid game. Chicago had uh, three runs, um, both off their ninth hitter home runs. One's a solo shot. One was a two-run homer. Those were the only three runs from uh, Chicago. And then uh, the Yankees got a little rally. Donaldson hit a double for RBI, make it 3-1. Was kind of hoping to get out of there, like, by the seventh. And then the top of the ninth, Donaldson hits a solo shot so i'm like great now i'm gonna be fucking going to extra innings luckily you know the yankees went one two three after that so you know it was all right you know it wasn't a very exciting game it was got a question was, for you though chris yeah you know you, you still like baseball but you do yes. openly admit it's a tough game to watch it's slow which do you feel goes faster when you're at the game or at home well i'll tell you what this is the first time that i've seen any game with the new pitch clock Mm-hmm. And I really liked it. I mean, it moved. 
So, uh, but I prefer to be at a game. I think it goes faster. I much, I much prefer to be there. You know what it is too? I absolutely hate commercials. I barely watch anything that's not recorded just because of that. I cannot stand commercials. So if I'm watching a baseball game, it's like, what could piss me off more than like a really long, boring inning? Commercials in between them. So that's that's my point. I sit here in between, you know, innings and it just seems like it goes on forever. And you would think sitting at a stadium with nothing going on for a few minutes in between innings which seem just as long or longer but it doesn't the whole experience no. just seems faster yeah it does it does i did i did really like the the pitch clock i mean it really moved um the game along which was nice like before i knew it i looked up it was already the sixth inning i was like okay this is this is good Pace is um good. yeah so i mean i it was all right i mean i really was excited to go to see judge play and of course he's not in the lineup yep. so right. and Nestor that kind of sucked day today with a yeah, towards yeah, so. um, and they yeah, they slipped down. They nine, I think they're nine behind now. I know the Yankees and the Mets actually right have been stumbling. Yeah, it's, so. it's pretty miserable right now. I need I need Devils hockey back. Wow, have you guys? Yeah, have you guys? Has anybody seen uh, Clerks Three yet? No, no. Is it out now? I didn't know that. Yeah, I watched it last night. Um, oh, I, I didn't gotta know, check it I, out. How about this? I didn't even know he made a Clerks Three. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. about I would I don't know like. Two weeks ago or so, I'm flipping through the channels, and I caught it was on whatever you know premium channel, and I caught, caught like ten minutes of it, like in the middle of the movie, and I'm like, this is really bad. Mm-hmm. So I turned it off. But last night I got home, I sat down, and it was just starting. So I'm like, I'm gonna give this a watch. And it was a little tough at first, but it turned out to be a fantastic movie. Oh, I, check I it really out. liked it. So Chris, um, you need to watch the watch first it, two again. Is- well, I, I mean, it definitely has a lot to do with the first two, but I mean, no, you can get away with not watching it. But um, I tell you, it, it it was a Kevin Smith movie that had a lot of heart, which he doesn't really do right. a whole lot, you know. It, it had a ton of heart, and I after last night, I'm like, you know what? There's nobody out there that represents New Jersey like Kevin Smith. No, uh, and very I mean, true. Just, it was it was a really good movie. I really liked it. Check it out. The reason you I haven't watched like it is it, because some one of these, one of my idiot friends spoiled it for me. The ending, and uh, I just can't. I, I, you know, it's pretty uh, crazy for you. What you wouldn't expect, right? From a clerk's movie is what you get at the end of this movie. Um, no, and as I said, it has a lot of heart. It dealt with a lot of shit that you know you don't. You know, Kevin Smith doesn't usually deal with. But you, you know, know what I mean, one, you follow these. The first one, there was the, the alternative ending. You remember where there's one where Kevin Smith gets shot at the end of it in the, on the first. I one. think it was it was Dante that got Dante shot. Dante yeah, they get robbed. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, and, uh, get, he gets robbed and gets shot. That's how he wanted to end it. Yeah, I mean, um, and, but his movies always have a little bit. If you think about it, there's always that little bit of heart in them. Even if you go to like movies like definitely Chasing Amy, you saw some of that. Um, you would see that even in. It sounds crazy, but even. In Mallrats, there's always a little moment of that in his movies, but you know. Yes, uh, but you know, dogma, this, this yeah. was yeah, yeah, this was really, uh, really well done. I liked what he did with it, and at first, you kind of thought I thought it was going in a different direction. And I'm kind of like, is this just going to be a fucking like hack remake of the mm-hmm. first Clerks? And it just you know went a different direction. He did a good job with it. Really, What's your like favorite Kevin Smith movie. Oh, I'm gonna go Clerks. That's a good question. I say, first one. The original, right? Yeah, the original. That's where I was kind of leaning. Um, did you see that in the theater, Chris? Together? No, I didn't I see it in the theater. I saw that in the theater. I saw that. I saw that in video. Or chasing um, Amy might have been. 
I think I saw Chasing Amy in the movies. Yeah, maybe we saw that. Well, I think so. And then we, we had that threesome together afterwards. <laughs> That's right. That's right, the connection. Uh, I, I know but, it's like almost impossible to find Dogma now. I, mean, I try was just to, thinking. You know why? I want to watch that again. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, you're going to have a hard time finding it because supposedly, uh, I don't know, I got this from my daughter, but like Weinstein's like sitting on it as some kind of weird revenge thing against Kevin Smith. Really? Uh, yeah, like he's got all the rights to it or something and he won't uh, let that out for, you know, whatever reason. So I got to I gotta try to find a way to find Dogma. Yeah, I would like to see that again because I yeah. think I only saw that once uh, and I liked it, but yeah. I definitely want to see it again now a little bit more grown up. Yeah. Um, great but, cameos and great, you know, Alanis cast Morissette in general. Was, yeah, uh, was God. What's that? Alanis Morissette was God. Yeah. Right, right. Um, a lot of, a lot yeah, of great people Jay, in that. Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back was incredibly stupid, but I found it hysterical. Yeah. So, very yeah, I, I was very funny. Um, I don't know. I kind of like uh, most of his, um, but I would probably go with the original Clerks. And then... At Clerks 3 is up there. It was really good. I, I got to check that out. Definitely. So, what do you guys think of these finals so far? Not what we expected. At least not what I expected. Kind of what I expected. Uh, so did you expect what? the lopsidedness of it? I mean, Well, I thought, I, thought, totally I think Vegas team. was going to win. Yeah, um, you called I, this I, better I, than the rest of us. I think we all had Florida, just to recap that, except yeah. for you, Chris. You had, yeah. you had Vegas, Vegas. And, and you're looking like a winner right now. Uh, you well, know, it's game three, I'm, but... What do you guys think is going wrong for Florida? I think Florida cannot push around. You can't intimidate Vegas. I mean, this team is huge. I mean, you have uh, Barbasov 6-1. you got 6-4 guys and McNabb. you got just huge dudes on this team. And it, yeah, but Carolina and wasn't a small team. You know, they, they came out hitting already. I mean, you saw you, you know. know what it, I, you know what I think it is with Florida? Like, Florida had played all three series prior to this. At the edge, you know, they were fucking playing really physical, but they weren't kind of going over the line, taking those stupid penalties and stuff. They were taking it right to the edge. They're not doing that. They're taking it over the edge. They're getting themselves in a lot of penalty trouble. Um, you know, there's, you know, um, too much time off. I think just, too. Might have got it. Yeah, I agree. Nobody, nobody is clearing the net in front of Bobrovsky. He's, you know, every goal he's completely screened. Vegas is doing a very good job with just getting under. Um, Florida's skin. And, you know, the bully, big, you know, Matthew Kachuk, I mean, he got a fucking nailed in the first period. He's another, he went uh, to he's ta- yeah, yeah, he got up and fell back down, and he's getting, you know, the, he's not a intimidating, like you said, he's not intimidating anybody. They're not pushing anybody around. Vegas isn't having it. But, uh, yeah. what, I mean, what a great series Vegas is playing. I, I just, I don't think too many people had them as their Stanley Cup winner, you know? No. <laughs> it's kind I of amazing. Think so. I don't know what the odds were. It'd be nice to find out what the odds were going into the cup, but they had to have one of the lowest odds out there of anybody in the tournament, you know? Well, the bottom like half probably did, yeah. They have a great shot, obviously, of winning this, but I, I you know, remember, you can if the, Florida wins tonight, it's a different series. You, you know, you sure. had Jersey came back from an 0 2 hole, Vancouver did it a couple years. I mean, it can happen. Um, but Vegas does look. I mean, you got to give even Aiden Hill has been amazing. I mean, you got to give He's credit to Sean well. Kirk too, who works with the goaltending over there. He's the direct. I mean, there's just uh, yeah. you know they look tough. I like the way I like the way Vegas is playing. And you watch these games, right? And you see the size of these teams. You see the physicality of these teams. And I constantly keep thinking, Devils would never have been able to handle them. They I don't just, know. I, I, I see they, they definitely have a, a place they should grow in. You're right. 
But I mean, I just think also think back. I'm watching these these games and thinking like, yeah, the way the Devils stumbled through the second round, I agree with you. But that's not the team I'm remembering from the high water mark of the you know last season. That's that team that was looking great last season. I think uh, I think they would have put up a good fight against any of these teams in the finals. You know, in the, yeah, in the I, semifinals. I actually too. think you're. I don't. I have to disagree a little bit because I think. The playoffs always step up on the hitting. It always. I mean, if you look at You're Tampa, right. they, when they were winning, these teams, the, the regular season, it's not so much that. When the playoffs come, it's a much, you need to have a bigger team. And I actually was thinking about it's this. It's definitely thing. room to grow. You're right. Yeah. Like, we know that this team needs to get better physically. There's no and doubt about it. I can't argue that point. Yeah, and what Chris was saying, I was thinking about today, actually. I said, you know, I was thinking about the playoffs, and I said, I don't think the Devils could have stayed with these. these I think Vegas is hitting so much. I don't think we could have handled. I don't think we could have handled Florida. And I hate to say that. I'm a, I love my Devils, but being honest, I mean, I think in the playoffs you have to have size, and we see that. And that's why this team Umeyer thing is a big thing to me because we need guys like this who are. You know, that was a big thing with him in the playoffs. He was he's strong, and I think we're. I was just thinking about this today, Chris. I said, man, we that's one thing we are lacking. I have seen when I watch these other teams. Yeah. I, I, I do agree, and that's a good segue because, uh, you know, everybody knows it has been announced that next week is Timo Meyer trade talk time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not trade talk, just signing time, you know, it's contract signing. I do have to say one thing. I have to make a correction. i got to put myself on the fucking idiot list because I had read that Tyler Bertuzzi was unrestricted, and I was saying, you know, make a move for him. He's not fucking unrestricted. I saw oh, the other day he's a fucking restricted free agent. He's well, still we're all Boston. idiots. We, nobody called you on it here. Ah, uh, but you know, so for the two guys listening, that's on my my bad. Listen, I it's not that like up. we ever Sorry, thought mom. that a coveted free agent was a forward who was a defenseman. I mean, that that's never happened. Yeah, we could. You know, that's a good thing, reason why we don't fucking, we're not general managers. We'd have a fucking whole team of 20 goalies. Hey, listen. What do you yeah. mean you don't play fucking defense? Listen, season one, all right? Give us a break. <laughs> I remember that episode when I first started doing it with you guys, and I called Eddie uh, Eddie Lack, Eddie the Eagle. I was like, wait, that's not, that's Eddie Belfort. What the hell am I talking yeah, about? Yeah, Eddie the Eagle. Should have called out Lack. 20 yeah, years too late a, on that one. Or Graves, right? Me and Chris are always calling fucking Graves, Adam oh, Graves. I, by his dad's I, name. Dude, yeah. I call I call yeah, Adam Graves, well, I call Bertuzzi. Keith Kachuk. I call you call Todd Tyler Bertuzzi, Todd Bertuzzi. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, old, we just man. show our age, exactly. Yeah. That's it. But um you know, so Timo is gonna be going into contract talks. Um let me ask you guys something. Do you think either Timo Meyer or Jesper Bratt should be offered an eight year maximum contract? Eight years is a long and, time. Um but that seems to be what they're saying, right? Eight years is yes. constant. I would like to get him at six on Timu, but see, I would rather have Timo for the eight. Um, I, I would rather have maybe Jesper Brad on a shorter a shorter leash. But um, I, I mean, I know that Tom Fitzgerald has said that he doesn't want to go over, and, and Bobby has brought this up, and we've talked about it that he does not. He wants Jack to be the highest paid player on the team with eight million dollars a year. I don't think you're going to get this deal done. Going under eight million dollars a year for Timo. Yeah, um, looks like I think a problem. Maybe, Forward. I mean, of course. I, yeah, I think I, I think that Timo Meyer is maybe worth if you're going to do an eight year, eight and a half million. That's where I think he should be. Um, I don't know what him and Claude Lemieux are looking for, but I mean, because you don't want to have to pay that ten million qualifying offer for one year you know you don't want that you want to have this guy locked up and you want him here long term 
I I think that that's fair. I think he's worth it. Um, but then, looking at Jesper Bratt, what do you guys? What would you guys think that Jesper Bratt is probably worth? Where Where would you be comfortable with signing him? And well, first off, would you be comfortable with Timo at eight and a half, or do you guys think he should be less or more? I think Timo is going to be about eight and a half, eight point four. Right, it's going to be in that range. So I think there's no doubt about that. Um, Bratt, you six maybe. I think after you know. I know he was looking at eight at first, but I just don't think I just don't see how you you can't you can't. You I don't know? think that you can give Jesper Brad eight million dollars a year. And if you look at any comparables, like yeah. you know, look at William Nylander. They're very similar as far as production. He's a six million dollar a year guy, right? Um, so yeah, I think six million for for uh, Jesper is is fair. Bobby, what do you think? Yeah, I had a tough time with this because there's two different ways to look at it. You know, I mean, you could just look at on paper what the player is potentially worth um, and that's one thing but unfortunately like real circumstances also come into play here and you know you're building a team so I don't know which way to answer this is it just straight up pound for pound he's worth that in comparables or well, is it look listen you got to take yes, a little he's... bit of a hometown discount yeah but you, Timo Meyer is not going to take a hometown discount Timo right. Meyer has Timo I had an easier he... time with Timo Meyer has every advantage in these negotiations. Right. You know, uh, you know, it, he can. He's a big name it, in last year's, you know, yeah. draft and, and uh, if, deadline. If he turns down an, an eight and a half million dollar offer, and the Carolina Hurricanes offer him nine million, well, then if we want to keep him, we have to match it. Or you, you know, you pay him the qualifying offer, whatever. Like it's going to cost you money to keep Timo. Right. Um, so. Timo Meyer, I don't think you're going to get any kind of hometown discount. And the way Jesper Bratt's been fucking playing hardball these last couple of years, he's not giving anybody a discount. Well, but that's I, the I one mean, I'm, so, I'm willing to, you know, let go if uh, we can't get it. I don't think we asked for the same discount from Meyer for the reasons you stated that we asked for Bratt. And I think when you're Bratt and his agent negotiating, you you realize that last season hurt you. It didn't help you. Okay, yeah. Meyer is not in that position. He he didn't have a bad playoffs. You know, he, he did better than average, and he's got still this huge upside, uh, and he has not proven himself a negative on this team. Uh, Brat, I mean, he had an awful awful playoffs, and he has been inconsistent throughout his career so far with the Devils. I don't think he's getting eight million from anyone, and I could be wrong. So I, I think that is that's not going to happen. I, I think you're right. He's going to be lower. Um, he's definitely got a lot of potential and upside. A lot of teams would love to grab him on a bargain to see what they could do with him. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to have to pay something for him. But, you know, uh, Jack Hughes money? No way. I mean, we're, we're, out of, we're out of our minds thinking that. And, you know, to Fitzgerald's point, I get it. He may not be able to keep his wish list of, uh, you know, never paying anybody below Jack. Uh, or anybody above Jack, but with Meyer, but he can definitely live up to that with Brad. And I don't think anybody would, you know, blink, bat an eye if 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 Brad walks because he doesn't get Hughes money. So, to answer Chris's question a little more directly, with with Timo Meyer, I think you are looking at like that eight plus for eight range, probably averaging eight point five, something like that, but. Stroking his ego a little bit. You have a couple of those years. However, you got to structure it. Maybe one year goes up to you know nine point two five, something like that comes down because he does have that ten million there. So there, there's a number that you know is a barometer in some way, and you can't just deny that number. But what you can do is come close to it in a year or two, you know, and just make it look good. Um, but 
again, now you're talking the annual value of around 8.5 million. I think that works. You, you've got a couple years where you're making over 9 million. You're a superstar. It's going to work for us too because in the back half of that, the cap will be different. Eight million won't be as high as it is right now. But the other side of that is he will be older. So will Brett. Well, speaking of Brett, I'm a little more comfortable. I mean, I looked at the comparables and I saw one article and I couldn't believe who they were comparing him to price wise and some of the money they were putting out there. But I don't think he touches eight million dollars. Who, who were they comparing him to? So they got Kevin Fiala, left wing. Okay. Uh, almost pound for pound, similar stats. Regular season again, right? They're not, and they're not going to talk about playoffs. At least but not. Didn't, didn't Fiala? Didn't he sign a huge contract? This seven point eight seven million a yeah. year, right? Yeah. So I thought that was too high. And then uh, Patrick Lane, right wing, eight point seven. Now these you are know, comparables in his size and his production. Production. So right. if that is what he's going for, it's I, there's no way. I mean. To me, Brad is a similar thing, near seven, maybe a year or two, where it pokes over seven, 7.775. So you have those couple of years, but then the average annual value is down by seven, something like that. I think that's realistic. He's not going to sign for six. I don't want to give him Jack Hughes money. And again, it, it, it things can change. Circumstances can change. If Meyer walks out first, then maybe you push a little more money to Brad because you don't want to lose both. But if you are looking at keeping a strong contender for a number of years, you can't give both of these guys eight and a half million, nine million dollars a year. No, and they shouldn't be making more and than Jack, so I, I think a lot is gonna be said of how they feel about Brat when we see how these negotiations proceed as far as if they can get Meyer done and get it done quickly and it's not too contentious and you know, let's say, okay, look, eight and a half, this is what my guy wants, this is who he wants to be here and yeah, perfect world, I know, but if that happens. Uh, who's Tom Fitzgerald going to move on to next? Because I don't think he should move on to Jesper Bratt right away. I think there's one guy that is more important to this team and locking up long-term right after Timo Meyer, and that's Michael McLeod. Mm. I think they have got to get Michael McLeod. He's going to get a raise. A lot of teams, if you let Michael McLeod go and you know explore restricted free agency, mm-hmm. were you still holding the right to, uh, first right to refusal? People are going to pay him. He brings so much to a club that so many teams are looking for those guys. Not only was he a great, great in the playoffs, but he can play anywhere. He's one of the best centermen in the league. Uh, You know, he's tough. He's young. He's fast. He has all the intangibles to be a really, really good hockey player for this team for a long time. Yeah, he's the best face-off men in the league. Yeah, he's also the type of player where a team can come really high over the top for a shorter term to mm-hmm. really right. blow him away because he's young. And because, remember, he was a high draft pick, too. And this could be a situation where different team, different role, different Mike. I mean, look what Eichel's doing over there in Vegas. Now, everybody knew he was always going to, you know, he was a good hockey player. There was no doubt about that. He was stuck in a bad situation. But he's, like, legitimately lighting it up over there. Um, not that Mikey can do that. He's not Jack Eichel, but he does have a lot to give. That's why all of us love him so much. But I can definitely see a team coming in, you know, way over the top on like a three-year deal at like five and a half or six minutes, just something to pry him away. Um, so yeah, I would think if you sign him, you sign him. He's a good contract too, probably. You know, we talked about that. You can get decent value for him and not need to worry about this superstar kind of money. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure where he was. I think he is. At like I think two and a half million, I think you have it, Bobby. I did. I gotta see. If Not gonna be two and a half million soon. 
I think the first you know, guy but, they bring back is uh, I think the first guy that's going to sign is Hall. I, I have a feeling it's going to be him. Either Ma- I think Hall Hunter, is going to be. I think Hall is going to be easy. I think yeah. that that's going to be an easy contract. They're going to probably give him a few buck raise, um, you know, and he'll he'll be happy. He'll sign for. I mean, what do you sign Hollow for? You know, three years maybe. You three to four. I think. But three, I think as far as eight eight year contracts go, I think the Meyer and McLeod. I would love to see locked up. I know I can't see how McLeod's going to sign for eight years because his value I think is going to keep going up. Oh yeah. So if I'm McLeod's agent, I say, hey, if you want to try and win a cup here, you sign for four years and then you go hit the open market again um, if things don't work out and you want to go test a free agency. Because I think Michael McLeod is just, yeah, he is something that a lot. I think a lot of teams will go after him. And like you said, Bob, especially for his price point, you can get Michael McLeod for three and a half million a year. Yeah. I mean, teams are going to jump on that. I absolutely think McLeod needs to be the the number one. Right after you get Meyer done, you got to make sure that you get McLeod done. Be interesting what happens with Tatar too. I mean, you save some money if he think. walks. I mean, if he goes, you know, you do get some more money. To I spend. don't think he's going to be there. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of on that verge right now, of thinking the same thing. So, did you find his? Uh... Uh, the, the the cap friendly I usually use has adjusted to. 23-24 now. I can't figure out how to go back to last year. So it's just showing RFA for McLeod. It's not showing me the rate anymore. I'm sure okay. it's there. I'm just trying to do that and concentrate here too. So, um, yeah, That's one thing. Is I'm, as much as I I'm, I'm love watching hockey, I'm kind of ready for the offseason to start happening and the moves to start happening. You know, it's like... Uh, but stuff, but you know, I will say there is stuff going on already. This week has been kind of. We have a. Uh, this is kind of cool from the athletic. It's uh, projected lines for the Devils this coming Ooh, year. Ooh, I like so, that. That's going to suppose wait, a lot of things can't. there, yeah. What the fuck is this? This is for. Uh, he is. Okay, this he's got it. Blackwood and gold. This is the start of the 24 25 oh, no. campaign. <laughs> I don't like this. He's got a bunch of fucking guys on here that aren't even with this team. So, yeah, forget that. Uh, this is not a good article. Um, I thought that it was the 23 24 season, but he has a projected lineup for 2024. Uh, you know, o- October of 24. I don't. So, I don't... okay, so he means <laughs> to tell us. Who's going to be on this team? Not next year, but the year after. Do you want to know who it is? Yeah, I got to know. Um, let's see. So he has the projected lineup for the Devils. Who is this Kreskin? I know, right? Uh, oh, wait, never mind. He's doing this thing with the uh, new contract. So, yeah, he's got this thing all over. He's got the first one. He's got Sharon Govich, Hughes, and Holtz. On one line, he still has Pavel Zaka on this fucking team. I'm not looking at this shit. <laughs> what is he talking about? How is this about? thing fucking written? Yeah, it's the first thing that popped up. It's from the Athletic. It's uh, a beautiful game by Kirk Moeller last night. I know, right? <laughs> Marty's in net. Yeah, this is from a long time ago. So yeah, we're gonna forget about that. Um, Vikings got rid of Dalvin Cook. Tony. I saw that, that today, huh? Yeah, I heard Miami yeah. might get him or Denver. I hope not Denver. No, I don't think he's going to go to Denver. I I think he might end up with the Jets. Really, I heard I heard yeah. Miami has a lot of Miami's issues. been around, yeah. But you know they they're gonna you know he'll have a good year next year, but he's he's falling off a cliff quick. So but they were I like trying to get rid of him last year too, weren't they? No, they weren't. 
Okay, they wanted so him I around. Heard they, I heard they wanted to he get had, him off the, the team. I didn't know much about no, it. No, Dalvin's been, you know, he's been a mainstay. But, you know, he has a huge contract, and nobody's paying running backs big money anymore. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like, the running back now is like, look, we have the same thing going on in Vegas with Jacobs. Like, just, they just don't give him the contract. And he's yeah. done everything to do. Like, last year, the guy basically stood on his head for that team. I mean, yeah, but you know what? They're a dime a dozen. That's the yeah. problem, you know? I do have a football question real quick before we jump back into hockey because we were talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, we were always talking about different rule changes and stuff, and we were talking about the uh, fair catch rule last time mm-hmm. that they changed. Now, this is a rule, and I know that we're not big on changing rules, uh, but this is a rule that they proposed uh, this off season. It got denied. I love it, and that is the, instead of an offside, onside kick, you get one play at like a fourth and fifteen. Oh, wow. So you want the ball back. You, you know, onside kicks are fucking stupid. You know, they are sure. the worst friggin' play in all of football. Um, yeah. But you have one chance, one play, 15 yards. You get it? You get the ball back. Hate it. Why would you hate that? I just that? hate it. I don't know. The onside kick is the worst oh, fucking know, play in football. Fact, dude, I know as a Raider fan, we'd be getting burned every week on this this fourth down and 15 <laughs> constantly, man. They'd be getting like Tony four just hours. hates change, though. You ever notice <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. Tony never likes so. any kind of change in any rule. But, I, I mean, it, 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 you have the, the most boring – first of all, there's like a 7% chance of uh, a probability of winning an onside kick. Hey, I like those odds. And there's like yeah. only like a 12 or 15% chance of getting a fourth and 15 or a fourth and 20 so it, you know it, but it's a much more exciting play you get down to one play that's it I like, you know what I don't like about it too you know the team's gonna you get a 15 yard penalty during this play there's just gonna be shit that happens it's just gonna be disaster. Well, I mean right, I that, don't could know, suck. Uh, that could suck yeah, yeah I mean you know I don't what know saying? what I don't know what they're gonna do as far as penalties go and stuff I think you know you still you should have to I would make it where you actually have to complete a play you can't just get your 15 or you do you know one play Make it twenty yards then. So if you get a fifteen yard penalty, it doesn't matter. They still, you know, you, you're still not there. Or fifteen yard penalty gets scaled back on that one play only. Right. You could do something like that. So, I have a question for you guys. Do you guys think that Patrick Eliash should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Yes. Yeah, you do. I, I've, I've been there. I've been there, and they have a lot of obscure people in there. Uh, I was like kind of shocked at some of the doubles that didn't make it. Yeah, I mean, when I think of Patrick Ilyash, I mean, first of all, other than Brodeur's just obviously legend status, Patrick Ilyash comes to mind for me. That guy is just so underrated for what he has done, what he meant for that team. And that's one of the things you got to look at for Hall of Fame. It's not strictly numbers, but it's what he did for the team. And he was the catalyst and the offensive guy for that team for a very long time. Um, had some amazing years, career years, record holder. Um, I'm 100% behind him getting the whole thing. Dan? Dan? Uh, uh, yeah, no, uh, you come muted? back to me. Oh, he's got the fucking dishwasher running. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about you, Tone? Um,. Yeah, I mean, I think eventually, you know, there's a, obviously there's a couple guys that we should be in the Hall of Fame, but I think he should be uh, in. If you look at all the things he's done, like I was, you know, I mean, the guy had what over 200 multi-point games. I mean, he's all for the Devils until this year. He was the all-time leading point scorer. You know, I mean, until obviously Hughes broke it. Um, the guy has just done so much, and he's, you know, I mean, for, for the Devils, I, I, 
Yeah, I mean, I've watched him play. Like, I think for us, it's a weird question because we watched him play his whole career, right? Yeah. Like, and sometimes years. when you watch certain <clears throat> players, other people don't appreciate him as much as you do because you've seen them work every day and their work ethic. Yep. And um, so it's it's weird with that one because I think some people would say no, but I mean, you know, his well, whole career right. be wrong. So Paul Correa is in the Hall of Fame. Patrick Elias is not. Now, Patrick Elias played a lot longer, but if you go to just, you know, stats, 402 goals for Korea, career 408 for Elias. Um, points, 989 Korea, 1,025 for Elias. Uh, let's see. All-time leading plus mi- scorer for the Devils. Plus minus 31 to uh, Korea, um, 172 for Elias. How about Championships, the cup count? Yeah, exactly. Two, two for uh, Elias, none for Korea. Korea's in. Um, I mean, let's just let's say this. If, if Elias was not a devil, if Elias was, uh, you know, a in. Canuck or, you know, a, a, a Maple Leaf, are we even having this conversation? He'd, he'd be a much bigger name. Let's face Marty, it. Marty St. Louis. 1,240 1, games played on Elias. 1,134 games played for St. Louis. 408 goals, Elias, 391, St. Louis. Total points, 1,025, Elias to 1,033, St. Louis. Championships, 2-1, to Elias, St. Louis in the Hall of Fame. Jerome McGinla, another guy. Right. 1,554 games played for Jerome, 1,240 for Elias. 408 goals to 625 for McGinla. Points, 1,025 to 1,300 to Aginla. Aginla's done, you know, a lot better as far as offensive production. Two championships, Elias, none for Aginla. Daniel Alfredson, another guy that's in the Hall of Fame as soon as my, my phone loads. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Senator. You know, it's, it, there's a lot of these guys. Okay, so Calgary, when, it, you know, when like, it comes to the criteria, I, I even have... I even have Elias here uh, against Clark Gillies, okay? Uh, and his stats are, are better. Um, my phone right now is, is being wonky. But anyway, um, I think with the criteria of the Hall of Fame, and I was doing a little research on it. I think the Hockey Hall of Fame, first of all. Now, are you asking, if, do I think that Patrick Elias in his career should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame? My answer is no. I do not think he should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And the reason is... The Hockey Hall of Fame should be, any Hall of Fame, should be reserved for just the best of the best. People that change the games. In my opinion, the only two devils that I would put in there were Stevens and Brodeur. But that's not how the Hockey Hall of Fame is. The Hockey Hall of Fame is... Only Baseball Hall of Fame is that exclusive. Well, here, if you look at... But if you look at the like NFL, NBA and NFL, the they, NFL, the NFL has forty nine <coughs> Hall of Fame selectors. All right, so every year forty nine people vote. Major League Baseball three hundred and ninety four. NBA twenty four. The NHL has eighteen selectors, and you need seventy five percent of the vote to get in. To me, that's like a fucking rigged game right there. You know, when you only need fucking you know what thirteen and a half people to fucking vote you in. Yeah. It's all about, you know, where you played 
and you know who you are and who you know. And to me, that's just bullshit. You need to have a much bigger selection committee that's to true. really to really whittle it down to the best of the best. Now, under those parameters. Absolutely, Patrick Elias should be in the Hall of Fame. It is a fucking shame that some of those guys are in and he's not. And I'm not saying that those guys aren't deserving of it. But under these parameters of the Hockey Hall of Fame, yes, he should be in. I don't know if what I'm saying makes a ton of sense. No, you're saying two different things, Chris. You're saying that the, uh, the Hall of Fame should be more exclusive than it is. Right. But since it's not that exclusive, how do you leave Elias out? And I'm That's totally what I'm in agreement okay. with you. That is there's, exactly There's no doubt... There's no doubt about it that if you, if this is the Hall of Fame we have, and whether right. we should have it or not is a separate conversation, it's worthy of having. But I'm saying we have this one, and Elias belongs in. And I'll tell you this, that's not the only slight against the Devils. If you go to the Hall of Fame and just walk around, it's a pretty cool place. But as a Devils fan, it is a gut punch because you realize, dude, are you Nobody kidding Nobody cares me? about the, us. The, yeah, but like even some of these teams, like, I expect an original six team with a longer story to have more representation. We weren't around in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. I get it. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about teams that are younger than us have way more love with less success. You know, there's there's more representation of the Mighty Ducks than there are of the New Jersey Devils. And it's it's ridiculous. Uh, You barely see anything uh, of the Devils. You would think that... Brodeur might have been an okay goaltender, I guess. You know, he's in there with them somewhere. I don't know. Like, it's... Are you kidding? You know? And and as they barely mention them. They have, you know, dynasty area. They don't even bring them into conversation. Now, you can make the argument, is it or isn't a dynasty? But they are close. And they have some other close ones there about that. And, you know, just in general, I think the NHL has always put the devils uh, on, you know, put them in the back seat And... Uh, they, as an organization, let's be honest, as fans, like they haven't helped themselves with that. They decided to be uh, the team's character was that we are everyone and no one. We are you know interchangeable parts to an extent. We are you know character and hard work, and that's not that sexy to media in general and, and to not to the NHL. So yeah, I, I get it. Um, I think it's kind of changing though, isn't it? I mean, it's going to be really hard yes, to imagine that Jack Hughes. Uh, on the trajectory he's on, is not in this Hall of Fame. I, I don't think they can ignore him. I mean, they, they ignored Eliash, but I don't think it's going to be possible because not only is Hughes uh, a phenom um, and breaking records and stuff, I'm not just talking about that. I think the Devils have a different mindset, different ownership, different uh, GM mentality where they're promoting individual players a lot more than they ever used to. Absolutely. And Eliash, I mean, being the main offensive guy on those defensive teams, and he has great numbers, um, you know, he, but there are some knocks against him. He's only played eighty-two, all 82 games twice in his entire 20-year career. Um, I didn't know that until I started looking at some of this stuff. Um, you know, uh, the biggest, you know, season he had, you guys know, was a 96-point season in 2001 that got broken this year, 40 goals, 56 assists. Played all 82 games that year. Um, best playoffs he had was uh, nine goals, 14 assists in 2001, uh, 23 points. He was a plus 11. Uh, the He was, uh, most nights, the only offense that the Devils had. When, actually, on rough nights, yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. He's actually, like, what, one of 11 players in NHL history to have, like, what, 400 goals and 600 assists over that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty impressive. I, you look at these things. I mean, 
I know what you're saying. No, I, I do agree with your statement earlier too about the the way it's built, the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I mean, but if you know, it's like McGillney too, right? How does this guy not in the Hall of Fame? There's a certain question. That's another one. Things, you know, Alex McGillney. You know, you can make a case, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Dan, I agree with you. The team that they have now and the individuals that they have now, the NHL loves Jack Hughes and they love Nico Heischer. Um, you know, uh, I hope that down the road they fall in love with, you know, Michael McLeod and Timo Meyer too, and, and Jesper Bratt maybe. Uh, you know, this team does have a lot of really good skilled players. This is not the Devils of the 90s, no doubt. I mean, this is uh, where the trajectory of this team can go. If Fitzgerald can lock up some of these key players, I think it's just going to be so much fun to watch over the next few years. I mean, shit, you got uh, and, Jack Hughes' jerseys, one of the top-selling jerseys. When is a Devil's jersey? Yeah. But even Brodor, I don't think it was still up in those ranks where it's a top-selling no. jersey. This guy's like, he's like your, uh, what was it, the Partridge family when we were kids. This is a marketable thing that you can he's, do. He's like, you know. Yeah. His home personality is, is marketable itself. Nice. I just want to touch back on one of Chris's points about the Hall of Fame being, you know, more of a, a unique, kind of harder-to-get-in kind of thing. It it almost, if that were true, it almost makes the argument for me even stronger for Ilyash in a way, um, because if you're truly looking at somebody's body of work and what they do, Ilyash stands out a little bit. It's kind of like the um, the MVP argument, right? So the MVP is supposed to be the most valuable player to that particular team, and sometimes it is to their team, but often it's the most valuable player on a good team. It's sure. never, it's not really usually this. You could be on the third if, you, if you're a last place team and you got the best player in the league, it just rarely happens, right? And that's an extreme end situation. But So you can kind of take that same mentality with the Hall of Fame. It doesn't always have to be strictly based on the underlying numbers. You have to give credence to all those years playing in that type of defensive system, maintaining defensive reliability, being an excellent two-way player, a full player, in addition to leading the team on offense, so even if it were the elite company that I agree to Hall of Fame should be, I think I would still uh, argue that Ilyash has a spot. That's how much he meant to this team for over a decade. I see where you're coming from. Over two decades. Yeah, played two 20 decades. Years. Sorry, yeah, 20 years. Yeah, played 20 years with one team, and there should be something to be said for that. Um, you know, talk about loyalty. This guy could have gone anywhere. Anyway. You know, and, and, you know, you don't think for one second that he didn't have offers up the ass and he didn't sit there and go, holy shit, if I go to Detroit, I could score fucking 50. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I could score 100 points every year. And he probably could have. How yeah, beautiful he stayed did he here. go out, didn't he? How beautiful, did he out? How beautiful did he go out that last game against Toronto? He scores in the yeah. final seconds. I mean, you couldn't. Yep. I, I think of him, I, I you know, it reminds me of, like, not getting off the subject, but, like, Derek Jeter's last hit. Like, there's just certain things. And Elias was just such a sweet moment for... But he's kind of a forgotten devil. Yeah. You know, it's like whenever you talk about those, uh, you know, those Stanley Cup teams, it's the defensive guys. That's who you remember. That's who you talk about. You talk about Brodor and Stevens and Niedermeyer. Or well, that's and the other great honor, right? First forward to go to the rafters. I mean, that, that's a big thing for this organization. Yeah, yeah the only one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and and there's not, and, and here's the messed up part. There's not been another one that you would even consider you know, I mean, we've said it before. Gomez sticks around. Parisi sticks around. Yeah, they're probably up there with great devils and probably even maybe, you know, Parisi could have possibly surpassed 
what uh, Eliash did if he stayed with the team uh, as long as he did. But he didn't. So fuck you, you're gone. No, Chris, um, how much of a career change do you think they had on those guys? Like you look at Clarkson, Gomez, these, and Parisi, these three guys, right? They leave the right. doubles. Career falls apart, basically, right? The wheels well, come off. Well, with Clarkson, I just think he was just overrated. Um, well, maybe I, the I don't Devils that, fit his play because I, I loved watching him play when he was there. You know? Yeah, I loved watching him play too. Um, but yeah, the Devils definitely did fit his style of play. But I also think he was a bit of a flash in the pan as far as offensive uh, prowess goes. Uh, but he did sign a huge fucking contract and he got paid all of it. So you know, and you Gomez, didn't think his top year was sustainable. You thought that's right. what it was. It was right. a top year. Yeah, that that was uh, that was definitely the ceiling. You yeah. know, there was there was no more there. Um, as far as Gomez goes, I mean, he did have some good years with the Rangers. I mean, it didn't completely fall apart Montreal, until he went to Montreal, apart, right? So. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, uh, I don't even know what the reasoning behind Gomez leaving was. Um, you know, I know he was very arrogant, and him and Lou butt heads a lot, uh, used to butt heads a lot, and him and Burns used to butt heads a lot. Unless but I don't really... New York's flashy, man. Some players want to go there. I hear I hear from all these former players on these things all the time, and they always say, like, there's something about these players want to go play with the Rangers. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing that Gomez did say, that, like, growing up in Alaska, he dreamed about playing at Madison Square Garden. So, I mean... You could play there three or four times a year as a devil, or you can play there 41 games a year as a ranger. Is that so. because the team came out to mystery and played that hockey game outside? He was a big Peluso fan. Yeah. Oh, oh, he was he? Yeah. He liked Who was the third guy you said? Parisi? Yeah, Parisi. Yeah, completely, Bob. Um, Parisi? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Oof. That was a rough one. Parisi, I mean, he did, He had a couple of good big years in, in, fan. in Minnesota. Um, you know, uh Parisi was a hell of a player, man. He really was. But again, he had the attitude. He had a fucking, you know, he was trouble in the locker room, uh, especially in Minnesota. Um, And, uh, you know, I guess he wanted to go home. That was the whole thing with him, right? He wanted to go back to Minnesota. So it was hard to begrudge the guy. You know, it kind of was. It was like, ah, I get it. You know, okay, we drafted him and he was here. But, you know, it was a little easier to take than, than Gomez going to the fucking Rangers. Yeah. Ouch, that was a little bit. It was I mean, a tough year. It took me a while to, like, to – I really liked Gomez, man. He was one of my – you know, he was one of those players you just loved as a devil. And that, that, was, a, that was a nasty one when he left there. Yeah, yeah. What were but, you guys going to say? It's just – it was a tough sell for forward in that era. I mean, they, they were constantly being asked to sacrifice numbers, which is money, for the greater good. And when they did, it worked. And I think that sometimes that wore thin. I think that's why a lot of the guys didn't stick around. Guys we liked, you know, they might had great years with us, and they moved on. And I think that, you know, it was more often a, sc- a scorer and not a defensive forward, or, you know, those guys st- hung around some more because they realized they were fulfilling their p- potential there pretty much as players. But, you know, these guys who looked around at the league and goes, I could score that many goals if I was on that team. Yeah. They weren't wrong, you know. Some of them did go and do just that. But, you know, sometimes it looks like, what do you care more about, your individual stats and your career legacy, or do you care about, you know, winning cups? And uh, Devils had a good formula where they did get people to buy in for a good time. But um, I think a lot of players, you know, they they didn't like the uh, trade-off of of having to give up some of that scoring for the greater good of the team. I think you're right. Yeah, you know, there's – I 
didn't like the way Percy left because again, I, I thought it's one thing to want to go home. It's another when you you were building something and they came very close to a Stanley Cup, yeah. closer than it really seemed in my opinion. Um, to leave that year immediately after was what soured me. And then you know I'm human too, and I, I know the money element. And you, it's easy for fans sometimes to go. Well, geez, you're already making seven million. Do you really need seven point five? Well, okay, <laughs> that is five hundred thousand more dollars a year for X amount of years, and they—it's it, not a typical career. They have a very small window, so I do actually understand. I never begrudge sure. an athlete for going for the money, but there's also some times where you got to say, "Wow, we're really close here. This is special. Let me stay." Because if I recall, the Devils even outbid Minnesota. That's how much his draw was to Minnesota. You're right about that. Yes, so I remember it, it that. wasn't about the money necessarily. Um, I, I guess I'm just saying I do understand um, both sides, but it is it is tricky. You know, I, I in my own life, I am a loyal guy to my companies. I always have been. Right, it's the way I am. It's not like I'm being approached to make five hundred thousand dollars more to go somewhere else, but I do feel loyal. And I think in my case, if I were blessed to be an athlete and I came that close to the ultimate goal, I, I think I would have at least extended a year or two just to yeah. see if we could finish that thing. Run it back and try and do it again. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of what Dan had said earlier does uh, have to do with this, too, when you said that back then they were all, you know, just parts of a fucking big, big machine. Everybody was just a cog in the wheel. There was no individuality. That bothered guys like Gomez and Parisi who felt like, you know what, we could, especially Gomez, like, I could be a fucking superstar. Are you kidding me? I can, I, you know, I'm buried here in Jersey, playing my ass off, uh, you know, but I'm not getting the accolades that I should get. And I think moving to, you know, New York, of course, he can be that individual. He can be all that. Now, maybe this organization back if this organization that's running the devils now the guys that are running the devils now were running it back then maybe they don't leave maybe they can be more individuals like you see now with you know especially with Hughes and stuff it's you know it's definitely it was a very tight ship that Lou ran and it was right around that time where I think the the league was changing and it was starting to get more popular at the NHL and more of the individuals were starting to be uh, showcased a lot more. And I, I, I could kind of see where some of these devil stars, these devil forwards that had, a, you know, these offensive guys like Gomez and Parisi can just be like, I'm, you know, doesn't matter who's sitting here, man. It does, you know, nobody even knows who the hell I am. You know, I can kind of, I can kind of see that being a 23, 24 year old kid and thinking, you know, I want to be on the fucking covers of the Wheaties box. I want my fucking... You know, uh, I want a billboard in Times Square with me on it. You and you know? know, Gomez is so open and honest. He always has been, right? He'll tell you the truth. Now, I might be wrong, but I'm fairly certain he either said in an interview or maybe wrote in his book when asked, he just flat out said, yeah, it was the money. I, I, oh, yeah. One of the money. Yeah. And there's, you know, no shame in that. And it's Gomez because the way he says it, he's affable. You're like, all right, I get it. But yeah. And wasn't he? he was. Didn't he get, like, one of the biggest contracts? Oh, I don't yeah, know if it was with Montreal or with Florida that he got, like, one of the biggest contracts. And, and, and he really, you know, again, didn't really live up to it. But, you know, and, and really rode all the success he had with New Jersey to all that money with all these other teams. Yeah. Well, that's you true. Know? Yeah, he was kind of, like, cashing out on that success. And, yeah, you're right. He didn't kind of repeat it anywhere. Remember, yeah. Gomez was a funny dude. Like, he he took a acting job on a on a, a soap opera. He had like weird yeah, aspirations back in the day. Well, yeah, that's true. And, but it, it's funny because the you can talk about two more opposite career paths, right? Danico's the Mister Devil. I mean, oh, come on. Yeah. 
He's he was never going to go anywhere. Loyalty. But there's a lot of reasons for that too. I mean, the New Jersey Devils, their kind of hockey played right into Danico's strong suit. Uh, a, a responsible, tenacious, stay-at-home defenseman who's going to you know take no shit and be a warrior for every night. That's he's like that's me. That's what I can do. They didn't you know that's not the era they were looking for mobile defenseman who can score, and that was good for him. You know, in that same vein, though, Bobby mentioned. Sorry, Bobby. Go ahead. I was going to say, in that same vein, Parisi, the New Jersey Devils, were built for him, too. A structured forward who's got the offensive flash to turn on when he needs. It was the perfect home for him. Hence the fact he goes to Minnesota, tries to change his role a little bit, and it never really worked out. You know, the grass isn't always greener. I'm not saying he wasn't a bad player. He was a bad player right away. But sometimes, just you're in the perfect system already for what you offer. So it's Especially on the forward side, when, too. It's not just the, de- the defensive side. And yeah, I talk, Bobby, to the loyalty thing you mentioned with Eliash, and I mentioned this story probably two months ago, but there was a time when Eliash was having trouble with his contracts with the Devils, and he got a, got a hold of Lou and said, hey, man, the Rangers are contacting me. He said he had no – he was not going to the Rangers. He knew this. But he laid it on the table. Devils signed him. I mean, you know, I mean, that's that's a loyal – that's one thing about Eliash. You know, he was, he was a loyal. He wanted to be a Devil. Sure. Um and that's what I love about Jack Hughes. I mean, this is an, this is something that is very as a Devil fan, I find rare for us a lot of times. I don't think Jack. I think Jack Hughes is happy where he is. He doesn't want to go anywhere. This is his team, and you know, I think that. Uh, and I love that. I mean, because this is a that's a rare thing for the Devils. The last. No, I think about that. That's the single worst thing that could ever happen to this franchise. As we go all in with Jack Hughes, is that he somehow would turn his back on the Devils? I don't see it. No. I don't see it happening. But um, you know, if it ever went south in the relationship between. Hughes and the Devils, I mean, that would be such a gut punch because this time around, as the Devils are, you know, re- rebuilt into something that looks really good, um, it's centered all around this one guy. It really is. And, and the, that's for better or worse, you know. Want, they wish they had Hughes, I mean. Oh, oh man, shit, yeah. if, they, if the Rangers could do one thing <laughs> in, in their existence, it's peel off Jack Hughes. If the Rangers could do that, they would. They, that would be the best move they ever made. And I think they would sell their children for that, you know, the ownership over there. They would love it. in New York, yeah. How do you think, you know, Anaheim feels? You know, here's a team that Mm -hmm. back had the best odds this year to win the lottery and to get Connor Bedard, and they didn't. And back in 2000 and whatever, they had the best, uh, whatever year it was, 2006. I don't know when Sydney came in, when Crosby came in, but they had the best odds to get the uh, draft pick then, and Pittsburgh gets it and gets in the crowd. Two guys that would have been generational talents for you that you miss out on a stupid friggin' lottery. And uh, how lucky did we fucking get, right? Absolutely. Peter and Hughes. Yeah. And those two guys are locked up for a long time, and those that, that's, that, that's the core right there. That's your offensive core. And you build around those guys, and, yeah, you're going to have a lot of different guys. I, I do think this team is going to win Cups. I really do believe they are going to win Stanley Cups. They have to get yep. some size, and they got to get more seasoning, but they will. And the one constant will be Hughes and Heischer. That will be it. Um, so what do you Hughes, think is a Hughes harder... and Heischer. Yeah, that's true. Yes. What do you think is a harder uh, offseason for Fitzgerald? Last offseason, where I feel like he made magic happen uh, that I didn't necessarily have seen coming, or this one, where I, I still can't see coming what's coming. But do you think like the, what is the more challenging offseason? I think I think it's this year. I agree. I think, the contract I think it's this year. I think it's this year by a lot. Yeah. yeah. You have a lot of guys that need contracts and you're coming off a career year I mean organizationally best year the franchise ever had. 
Yeah, these the guys expectations, want to get paid. Huge. Expectations, I, on. yeah, yeah, that's, and, that's and the these guys and these guys deserve. You know, they're hey, look what I and everyone can say to him, look what I did this year. I deserve a pay raise. I deserve this. I deserve that. Maybe the only one that you might sit there and say you can maybe barter with a little bit would be Brat. And then, like mm-hmm. you said, though, that's strictly off of his playoff uh, performance. Yeah, and that has a bottom floor. Season. You know, you're not going to be able yeah. to get him down crazy and low. Look, look, next year, Jesper Brat might be a fucking rock star in the playoffs. You know, it's I mean, possible. It, 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 I, I agree. I don't see it. I know you. I see your face. Yeah, I don't, it's, I don't see I, but it. I can't say. I'm, so, I'm definitely serious. I'm not sarcastic here. It's possible. It is. Uh, you know. I'd be I'd be more surprised if it was if he did do it than if he did. I got you know? to say, it's but, gut punch yeah. time too for Fitzgerald, right? Because now the expectations are there, and you still stand a chance of losing not one but both of the two you know wingers that we're talking about here. And now you have to also prove that the depth team that you've been building is capable of next guy up mentality, and that's really not easy. You know, like we want to bring up foot and all that, like we want to see these guys, but right now they're. No. Well, there's a logjam, to be quite honest, right? So if one or two of these guys go, Clark's coming up, or Foot's coming up, or Holtz are coming up, and now you got to see if all these you know assets you've been holding on to are ever going to be what you thought they're going to be, and that's you need to be prepared for that anyway, right? Because that's how you build a sustainable winner. You can't absolutely you can't rely on you know, this guy leaving. Now, granted, again, Jack Hughes leaves, we have a different dynamic, but any other person on this team, we've said it before, more or less, you can find something probably. Um, to fill in. So, yeah, it's this is definitely a harder year, for sure. I think it's, you know, say if you lost the two, right, which you, you hope it doesn't happen at all. You lose those two, you lose uh, Graves, most likely, I think. I have a feeling Graves yeah. is coming back. He's gone. Uh, you lose Tatar, I don't think he's coming back. Um, you know, Severson's gone. Severson's gone. And, you know, people can say Severson had a good playoff, and he had a decent he year. Did. Now, he did. He did. He actually had a good year. Um, so, you get paid. What about the chemistry, right? You have to wonder a little bit if you lose that many guys because it is about chemistry also, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's going to be interesting because Fitzgerald, like you guys said, it's going to be it's gonna, it's not going to be an easy offseason for him. Now, maybe he – every offseason he seems to do something, right? Yeah. Well, maybe we'll nab a first round. This, I know he was talking about that. Then you've got to figure out the Blackwood thing. You release him. I don't know. You know, what do you oh, do? Oh, no, he's gone. He's yeah, gone. I mean, what do you do with him, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of question marks and – like you got, I mean, I, I mean, there are a lot of question marks because it's not just the guys that you want to sign. It's not just that. It's who you're looking at in free agency. You want to make a move for uh, who are you looking at? Maybe you want to make a trade for. Does he believe that it's Vanacek and Schmidt that are going to be the the, the you uh, know the guys? Huge goaltender questions. You know, are you going to go after another goaltender? Are you going to try and sign a, a, a free agent forward, get a little bit more size, yeah, or maybe trade for one? Um, Barbashev, uh, you know, uh, is he unrestricted after this year? Yeah, I believe so. They're, they're so he's a free agent. I've I mean, heard his name mentioned a few times, but, you know, it's only on speculation. You know, I'd love to have him. Um, you know, so you have to you have to get bigger. That's why I think the Meyer signing is huge because if you even look at, like, the one thing that always makes me nervous about Jack Hughes is just his size and his durability. Sure. This year he was able to, you know, play most of the games. I know he had that little injury. He was out maybe four or five games, came back even sooner than we thought he was going to. But his durability does worry me. And the makeup of this team, I think, you know, we saw it without him. It's it's a different team. But if you have Meyer and if you have, you know, even if you have Brat, but definitely Meyer brings that kind of superstar element that Hughes has as well. So I think Meyer signing him is imperative to trying to win a Stanley Cup because I just think Heischer, Meyer, 
guys like McLeod, um, Hughes, fucking Dawson Mercer. Like, that's the the core, you know, right right there. Like, Dawson Mercer is going to grow into a superstar. He is going to be a fantastic hockey player. Um, You know, in a couple of years, everybody's going to say, thank God we didn't get rid of him for Timo Meyer or anybody else. Because I do think he has the chops to be an amazing hockey player. Um, I'm expecting a a bigger year. What will be gone? There's a lot of change going to happen on this team. Yeah, there is, but it's... with with use, you know, we talked about the playoff run this year. This is the problem. Going back to what you just said, Chris, you have to add size. We have to add some strength to this team because I don't think he was already hurt. He was already playing injured, right? Would he have made Hughes, it? Yeah. Florida's going to go right after him. I mean, this is what no, they sure. do. I mean, and there's nothing to stop them. So you have to, you know, Myers is you. I really you got to bring him back. Yeah, Meyer's got to be signed, um, you know, unless he's just going to ask for something ridiculous. And, then, I mean, really, even if, you know, another team offers him, you still could match that offer and lock him up for a year. So it, it, I would say most definitely, unless somebody's going to pay him, you know, uh, you know, David Pasternak money, uh, you know, he's going to be around. They were so, saying he was working out with with Hishir this week. Like he's actually with him working out in Devil's Gear. So that's a positive sign, right? I hope. I mean, you know, yeah. if, if that's fact, I mean, I would, you know. And you know, look, Claude knows the situation. Claude Lemieux's not a fucking dummy. He had most of his success with the Devils too. He has, you know, there's a there's a spot in his heart for him. Uh, so I think that you know, I expect the the contract to go uh, to be a little bit smooth. I mean, as long as you know he's not looking for. You know, a ridiculous, you know, 10, above a a, above average payday, 10, 12 a year. And he's saying, okay, between 8, 8.5, 8.6, 8, you know, I, I'd even say 9 million, I'd be okay with it um, if you can make it work. But you have to, you, but I also don't want to sign Meyer, uh, you know, despite maybe losing a guy like McLeod or something like that. I don't think you can do that. I mean, you have to make it work with those guys. I mean, come on, Claude. They, they all picked you as our favorite. I think the, I mean, he was on everyone's list, wasn't he? He was on everybody's list. Come on, man. The favorite devil. So for us, he should definitely do it, right? I'm sure he's listening, so he's probably going to work on that right now. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. You guys want to hear some predictions for the Stanley Cup? I do. Now, what is this exactly? It's two to one, this by the way, guys. Second period. Intermission. Mm-hmm. Intermission. Vegas. Vegas? Vegas. Yep. Yes. So wow. FanDuel just put up a quick post and said, how did we do? They're just listing the next 10 Stanley Cup champions. I'm just going to read through them real quick, and then we can discuss and Does it start quick. with this year or next It year? starts with this year, so it was obviously before the finals started. Because okay, well, that's good. Yeah. Tony uh, needs a second here, so let me just pull it up. So who do they have for this year? Okay, so for this year, they have the Florida Panthers. Did oh. they really? Yes. Well, that's they're not going to win that one. We really don't know that yet. You know, yeah, I kind of do. It's very possible. 2024, Carolina Hurricanes. Hmm. 2025 and 2026, your New Jersey Devils. Oh, wow. Really? And as that I look at this list, back some, to these, back cups. Yeah, some of these teams are starting to make sense based on maybe some of the draft picks they got, that sort of thing. Uh, 2027, the Los Angeles Kings. Hmm. Can we, can, try, can we try? Wait, wait. Can we try and guess? Okay, oh, twenty-eight. Sure. You have the Red Wings. Yes. All right. Wow. Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Devils again. No. Uh, Buffalo. No. Ottawa. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dan, do you want to pick four wrong answers or? Uh, yeah. Let me just guess every other team in the Chicago. league. Chicago. Chicago is correct. 
Oh, yes. that's a good one. I like that. All right, for Dar, you give him a little time to kind of get seasoned. Yeah, I don't, you know. Wait, 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 but we only just win two in a row? Like, that's I, it. Where's We're our done. dynasty? We're two and done. That's, I mean, this, we'll get to the question after, right? Uh, go ahead. So, uh, 2030, you want to take a shot? You just want to finish the list. The what year are we? 2030? Yeah. I think we're dead two, by then. The <laughs> that sounds like such a big number. We might be. The 2030 Stanley Cup champions are Utah going City to Coyotes. be the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> Utah City Coyotes. I love that. <laughs> the Minnesota Wild. Uh, 2031, the Anaheim Ducks. And to round it off, the 2032, I'll believe it when I see it, is the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, Tony, you just missed the first couple. I'll run through it again real quick. FanDuel has the Panthers win this year, followed by Carolina next year. Got the Devils winning back to back in twenty five and twenty six. The Kings only one that on the list that has two. That's right. The only one on the list has two. Most dominant team of the twenty twenties. Red Wings in twenty eight, Blackhawks twenty nine, Wild thirty, and then you came in for the Ducks thirty one and the Leafs. At and they said L A. the following year, so I guess we lose to them in the our, our third cup oh, appearance. Maybe. Do they have? Do we have who we play? They do they have the this opponent? Oh, that would have been so cool. I'm imagining it's question us. to you guys is, would, is it worth waiting another year to get two in a row? You get through Fuck 2024 yeah. and get 25 and 26. I take this. The Fuck only thing yeah. I disagree with is like it would be nice to see if they predicted how far maybe playoff runs are going because it's just... You just disappear after that, but uh, and you know what's the best thing about that list? There's one thing that's so much better than the Devils' two cups on that list. There's no Rangers there's, on that. There's list. no Rangers. We know there's no there's Rangers. No I'm sorry, it's not you know, 54 years since their last there's, cup. They got a so way to go. Are they waiting until the end of the year to uh, get until Quenville's reinstated or uh, to get him, or are they just going to play next year without a coach? Doesn't matter. They wait for Quenville. That, that seems to be what they're doing. Hopefully, Jawad comes back. He's not. He's going to uh, weed his Wymoinas in Winnipeg. Oh, Wymoinas in Winnipeg. <laughs> That's right. Well, I like that list. Yeah, I like you know, that. I don't know what they used to do it. Obviously, they did some kind of algorithm or something. Magic Eight Chat GPT. That's what it was. To bring yeah. the Blackhawks into it after a few years of rebuilding that team makes sense. The Kings are coming up. All that sort of yeah, thing. There's some kind of logic there. Yeah. There's some logic behind. It. I don't know what it is. It'd be, it'd be cool to know. But Might it's nice been. to see us listed twice. I thought that was pretty cool. Magic eight ball. I don't know. I tell you, I, I see in the next five to six years, this team will win multiple cups. I, you know, I honestly believe that. They, they, but again, the size is important. Now, who do we have size in developmental down in Utica? Tone, you know about the Utica Comets more than any of us. Who do we have down there that fits that category of size and? You know, is Graham Clark a big guy? Right, Clark, Clark. Yeah, and I, I keep on seeing his name. I'm wondering, like, you know, I would like to see him. I thought he was. He came up once this year. Do you guys remember right. that? He came yeah. up, yes. never played. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think I saw. You know, yeah, Nemens, who's going to be good. I think for us out of there, you know. Uh, Ball, I think Ball's a mainstay now, right? I think yeah, he, I think he's yeah a Ball's a. I think yeah, Ball. Ball can, the problem but with Ball I, I is, we have is too a many big guys, guy. you know, but. Yeah. And Holtz is a big guy. I don't know if he plays physical down there. Uh, You know, we really didn't see him play too physical up here, so I don't know if that's part of his game at all or not. So curious about Holtz, right? We don't even think – in my mind, I don't even think about him. And there is a possibility that he could have a – come in and just make a difference in camp and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, the idea, like we talked about last show, the idea of Alex Holtz is awesome. Uh, Having a big winger like that with an amazing slap shot, it would be um, a a fantastic thing to watch on this team. But – I, if this team can win two cups in a row, um, man, that would be amazing. 
that would be amazing. And, and really, you know, Dan, you mentioned in this last a little bit ago, like devils are kind of pseudo dynastic. Yeah. 2001, that was the fucking one that, that kills you, right? I yes. mean, you win that cup. Nobody argues you're a that dynasty. you win that one. Yeah. 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 Nobody yeah. argues. You you won, you know, back-to-back -back and four in however many years, you would have been, yeah, definitely a dynasty. Yeah, oh, seven, and at that time, maybe, it would have been three oh, and four Three years. and four and four and eight yeah. what it would be. Yeah. yeah. And think three about and four it. four and four and eight. Yeah, you could have definitely been, even in 07, been there, too. Yeah. You know, like, that's crazy. When you think about those two that were dropped... That's a yep. huge dynasty. With you know, 12, I know some holes that dropped it. The whole story right there. Yeah, but, you know. exactly. But now we get to write a new one yes. with this team. These young guys, they're going to do it. They are going I, to win some cups. I've mentioned this before. I, I just see the parallels to when you know, overnight in a way, Pittsburgh came on the scene and Chicago, and they both won multiple three cups each. I believe, right? Um, yeah, different three cups, different each. lengths of time between the two, of course. But it was very similar. In kind of those two main players that they got, you know, it's yep. Crosby and Malkin and um, Thames and Cade and the way we got, you know, Hughes and Heisher and some of the guys coming. It's just, it's just, it, it's very similar. And there are smaller, flashier teams too, which was kind of how they were. And yes, it, it seemed like that's where the league was completely going, even in the playoffs a little bit. And then we got bigger again, and now we're talking about that again. It's, it's supposed to just be in just fast, but yeah, this I still is all true to that, it. though. Those two guys, right? Each of those teams, all three of them, you know, who it was a center and a winger, right? You know, every team got their their center, their winger that just dominated and uh, played fantastic hockey for 10, 12 years. Now, in, and in Pittsburgh's case, they also landed Flurry. So they, they yeah. had a trifecta there. They drafted him early. They yeah. traded up for him, too. I think they, they drafted him, like, third overall, I think. Um, you know, I don't know if we have a Theo Fleury in our system, but Vegas, we definitely... Vegas only has one draft. One, one, one player they drafted. That's it. I mean, that's crazy. I mean... I mean, in, yeah, in the draft? Yeah. They, no, they, that's How's like, that? On their, on their roster, I think it's only one of their picks from all the guys they've traded and moved around. I read some... Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're Well, they gave up a lot for Eichel. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they gave up him, a lot I mean, of capital for him. But they're not regretting that right now. And they traded for Eichel when he was fucking hurt. He wasn't yeah. even playing. And they, he wasn't, they didn't even know he was going to come in that season and play. I don't think he did. Uh, I mean, maybe he came in later in the year or whatever, but that's a ballsy move. But look, they you know, a guy coming off a bad injury like yeah, that. I would like to it. see like how their ownership works because it kind of does defy like the pattern Bobby was talking about that you've seen since the mid to late two thousands, where you know like the team has kind of built around their picks. This is kind of amazing when you look at Vegas. You know, is it just a one off anomaly like all the stars aligned? Or is there, you know, are they looking no. at maybe a new way to build a cup team? They are. A team I don't think it's an anomaly. What's that, Tony? They're a team that like everybody wants to play with. I, I always read this that it's a the owner there takes the, these players are toe taken care of, and it's such a fun place. But it's a hardcore place because as we see, look at what happened to Flat. I mean, you, you just get moved. They, they, they is moved this just coming down to hookers? Is that what this is? Yeah. Yeah, it's all coming down to free lap dances. Right. Right. Yeah. By the way, the hooker thing was a free lifetime VIP. So, it was. Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> Lifetime. Going back to the hookers. And if, yeah, so, but... Uh, well, what if you get traded? Can you can go back to Vegas for your free lap dances? Yeah, yeah as long as you play? bring the ring. As long as you're on the cup. Okay, <laughs> all, all right, right, all right. right. I like it. You got so, it. I mean, it, Vegas definitely uh, has built this team, but it's not an anomaly because they did it in their first friggin' year. Yeah. You know, they were they uh, were yeah, in but the But that had their picks, at least. Uh, yeah, you know, at I'm a just six, talking about, like, you have a team that none of your picks are there. No, that's right. weird. You know? you know, they they 
man, it really is an odd way to build a team. Yeah, yeah. And and out of the expansion draft, but they did it right. Um, and man, they're a fucking good team. They are a scary good team. Yeah. Yep. And for um, time to come too, right? There's some, you know, those guys are like some got some twenty year olds in there, twenty sixes, twenty fours. They can be good for a while. I love yeah. Mark Stone, and we need a guy like him on our team. That's what we, you know, a guy like him, a guy like Matthew Pachuk, you know, a guy that can just be a fucking shit star. That's what we need. What are you doing over there, Bobby? I was trying the to call doggy? my dog. So you guys uh, can see my dog. Yeah, put him on. I want to yeah, say she doesn't. She only likes me when I'm trying to sleep. She's <laughs> all up Fair on enough. me. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, guys, only six teams have ever come back 0-2 in the finals to win the cup. Only six in our lifetime, in the last 47 years or so. Only six teams have come down 0-2. What's the score? Still 2-1? 2-1. It's the second intermission. Yeah, this thing ends tonight. Man, if uh, Vegas wins tonight, it's over. It's over. Maybe Florida will squeak out game four, but they go back to Vegas and win the cup. I have no truly vested interest in it, so I'm good with that because the quicker we can start talking about our real offseason, that's pretty exciting to me. So Yeah, I'm I mean, right I after this. I want to know what this team's going to do. You know, right after this, we got the draft. Free agency opens up. Uh, you know, that's going to be fun. Deep, deep class, too, I'm hearing, too. Regardless, we don't have, like, the best picks this year, but I'm hearing it's, like, just talent throughout. So, and You can find gems all over the draft. I'm not worried about our department draft is good. I want to no. use our assets no. and build it. Exactly. Yeah. Let's, let's win a fucking cup. That's it. So, all right, guys. Anything else you guys want to discuss this evening? You want to go do some news before we hang up, or you want to... Dan, you're muted. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good dishwashing night tonight. Maybe we save the news for next time unless yes. you guys really right. got some pressing stories that are time-sensitive. It's up to you, Tom. Well, no, but we do got to – we always wind up on this uh, – uh, the Iron Sheet. All right, we can go with it. The Iron Sheet. I can it up. Yeah, oh, yeah, the Iron okay, Sheet did pass sheet. away. If, if so we're going to do the news – right, no, no, go ahead. The Iron no, Sheet – We'll just do. The, we'll just talk about the Iron Sheik. Yeah, sure, the Iron Sheik. You know, he uh, he was interesting. I mean, he, he, if you look at some of his old press stuff, you could never, he could never say what he used to say now. You know, I mean, right. But there was a moment. I actually have a little clip here to play for you guys. There was uh, he was in a match with Hulk Hogan, right? And uh, he uh, popped. He actually had an erection during the fight, and they got it on tape. So this a guy is showing him the video of him with an erection as he's bending, fighting uh, Hogan, okay? So I'm going to try to cue this up for you guys. Give me a second. That was great. That was very loud. If you look, look at that. What happens right there? It looks like you get excited for a minute to, to break his back. Watch. We zoomed in on it for you. Look at that. Oh, That's yeah. like the, it's like the Loch Ness Monster of Iran. Yeah, I can't believe it's incredible. it. Incredible. Unbelievable. And we'll just keep playing it. There it is again. Wow, Look at that. I never saw that ice, but once we camera when he did that. I get out. I can't believe it. Cameraman zoom? Yeah. That's very unusual to assume myself. That'd be that long and ten inch and be like a monster in the <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that, that just shows you're very serious about the wrestling. You're very excited because you're. Uh, you I know. get hard. I can't believe it. The Iron Sheik. That was that was the thing about the Iron Sheik. He actually always had a boner. That was a, that's how he got the nickname around. Iron Sheik. He yeah, exactly. that was one of our one of our uncle Puckers watching WrestleMania when he was younger. <laughs> Seriously, 81 years old. But you know who did die? Who say Pat Robertson? 
the man who oh, blamed uh, USA for that 9-11 attacks. By, we were punished by God for our sinfulness. He, uh, that earthquake over in Haiti in 2010, he yeah. said it's because they made a deal with the devil. Um, One of the great religious carnies of American history. He's gone. Yeah. 93. See ya. Good. Good riddance. I will miss the Iron Sheik more. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And without, the Iron, yeah. without the Iron Sheik, people forget this. Without the Iron Sheik, there's no way wrestling is what it is. He was the guy. He had the belt. And he was the guy that Hogan beat for the belt. It was the typical, you know, uh, evil foreigner <laughs> heel against the fucking big face American and yeah. took Hulk Hogan to a different stratosphere. Remember, he used to just was, always like death to America, just try yeah, to rile up everybody. It. And he was just crazy. Like, yeah. he got arrested driving home from Atlantic City back in like the 80s with like a shitload of weed in his car. He yeah. was just fucking, you know. Do you remember who his biggest enemy was? Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter, of course. That was epic. The Sarge. Two guys who just had no idea how to actually put on a wrestling match. No. (laughs) I saw saw Iron Sheik in... uh, in our hometown, you know, high school gym, he was doing did you really? circuit. Yeah. We, yeah, we were kids, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, and it was over. Um, I yeah. remember high we went. North, yeah. yeah, we went, and we couldn't get in because it was sold out. And I remember I was so upset. I was like, probably in like what third or fourth grade. Uh, I probably laughed at you outside because I got. Yeah, in. I think I saw you. Yeah, you were like, oh, you just missed the Iron Sheik wrestle. He yeah, had a giant boner. boner. Was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome. Just kick him in the dick. Yeah. All right. On Is that note, ring music? No, I don't. What's that? This is a memory of Iron Sheik. Oh, okay. Here we got started from that. Here we go. R.I.P. Iron Sheik. On that note, we are the Uncle Puckers for Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony. Check us out. Uh, like us. Give us five stars wherever you get your podcasts. Amazon, Apple, Spotify. It goes a long way to help us promote this podcast. Drop us a line, unclepuckers at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter. And we are always up to listen to what our listeners would like us to talk about. Let us know. And uh, we will see you when we see you. Fuck us out. Peace. It's over.